You want me to read what? Are you serious? Okay. The following show features an asshole talking about things with reckless disregard for what the viewer and or listener may or may not think. Accordingly, the producers of this show would like to insist that if any of the subject matter offends you, that you kindly fuck off and or run naked backwards through a field of dicks. Thank you and enjoy the show. So, had a chance to sit down and chat with Natalie Miano about a recent injury. Well, not really recent, but essentially, like after Jacksonville, she uh, had some surgery on her both of her ankles, uh, and uh, it just it didn't heal right. So, uh, she's been unable to run really for the past three months, and really had it like a, a rough time over the whole COVID nineteen lockdown. And now, as we're kind of like starting to approach like some certainty with the season. Uh, with specifically with West Virginia, uh, she's kind of like thinking about like what her strategy is going to be and, and talks about the mentality that athletes have to go through whenever they're dealing with injuries. And let's, let's just dig right into the interview. So I'm here with Natalie Miano, the OCR mommy. Natalie, welcome on to my horribly produced podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. I'm horribly produced, man. I, I, I love it. Well, thank <laughs> that's, you. That's kind. <laughs> totally half-assed. Uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time okay. out of your day to chat with me, and I wanted to have you on, and I wanted to have Mark on later, but everyone like kind of interviews you both at the same time, because I wanted everyone to know like more about you, because you've been racing for a while. You've also been supporting Mark during his racing, but I want to like hear about your story specifically and how you got into racing. But before we start all that, for those that don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself, like do the elevator speech, who Natalie Miano is? Uh, well, I'm Natalie Miano. I am a mom of two really cute white haired boys. If you don't follow me already and <laughs> know that, um, I, and I have been racing OCR for like five years now. Five, I guess maybe a little more now. I, I'm pausing 2020 because it doesn't count. So five years, let's just say five years. Um, and I mean, my, my beginnings with OCR um, started with just like, I kind of feel like it's like a common story. Like, you know, for a lot of people, I need to get back in shape. For me, it was two kids later. Um, I did run through my pregnancies. I still was like running for, you know, casual fitness. But I, um, you know, I thought that OCR would be like my introduction back into like getting my body back and having like upper body strength and just having like a challenge to train for. And that's something I think we, you know, in obstacle racing, I think we promote is to um, find an event or like something to kind of kind of to hold you accountable mm -hmm. and to, then to kind of motivate you to to you know to train um to be consistent with something so for me that's what it was it was really like a you know your basic like i just want to finish and cross the finish line so that's that's kind of where it started with me five years ago and then um 
in G uh, February this year, I actually placed third at the Jacksonville Sprint in the U.S. National Series. So from where I came from, I'd say it's it's been a long, you know, journey, five years, but um, very successful. So I'm pretty excited about where my racing has um, has gone. So. Has gone and will go because we were talking. And will go. Before we started recording and, you know, West Virginia is now a race or as far yeah. as we can tell it is in the U.S. National yeah. Series. And I mean, you have to go because you are in line to possibly get a really good payout for the U.S. National Series, <laughs> finishing third in Jacksonville in a two race <laughs> series. So you have to yeah. like go and do something. And it's a beast, which is not normally um, one of your stronger distances. I know that you're like more of a sprint specialist. Um, but yeah. you've got a really good coach, and unfortunately, you've also been kind of injured, so you're kind of like, you know, navigating your way through this horrible season, and seasons in quotations for those people who are listening, because, you know, we have video up right now, like, just trying to get there, so is, like, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely, so um, my situation is tough, it's been, it's been tough, um, it's not, it's, I certainly haven't handled as well as I had hoped I would handle my first, like, quote-unquote big injury um but I you know um I feel like I feel like the the, the it's, it's been a very frustrating injury but the the good thing is that I don't think that it was a result of my training um I mean it, we're pretty solid I could tell I'll, I'll tell you the story just so that like you know it's kind of cool because I haven't I haven't really got to talk to anybody because of COVID so I actually haven't even told anybody I talked to Faye Senning like three days ago or two days ago and she's like oh I'm sure you're sick of telling everyone the story of your injury but tell me what's going on I'm like sick of telling anybody the only person who knows is Mark and then maybe a couple posts on Instagram but um I haven't talked to anybody so I'm like actually I I want to talk about it and maybe it'll make me feel better <laughs> um so right after Jacksonville um and I had scheduled this like or actually like back up 2019 I um I went in and I found like a couple of um locations where I had like some questionable moles and they turned out to be like skin cancers. So I had these like squamous carcinomas on my ankles, which oddly matching on both sides. I literally had like the same exact one on both sides, both ankles. So my left and my right. And um, they were squamous carcinomas in situ. So they're, they're really on the surface, but the, the initial like shaving for the biopsy doesn't take it all out. So because there was still like, you know, no guarantee that the carcinoma was gone. Um, I had to make the decision to have an excision done to have more tissue taken out, tested and make positively sure that there was no like, you know, residual like cancer left there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I was battling with that decision. Like I had a very bad feeling. It's like right in the crease of my ankle, like where my foot and my ankle meet. So right where the joint is there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh man, I was fighting with it. Like all of, you know, the winter I'm talking with Mark and I'm like, what should I do? I really feel uncomfortable with my ankles being cut open. Like I just don't like I don't like the, I, honestly I was a little bit weird about the scars I knew that there would be scars and I was like dude there's gonna be scars right on the, on the bottoms of my ankles like it's gonna look weird when I wear pants or skirts or you know I was like I wasn't very happy about where it was but I got over that very quickly and obviously I mean it didn't even take me like a second to make a decision to say okay you know what like cancer's freaking scary I don't want to deal with that like and it's it's squamous it wasn't like basal so it was a little bit more like I'd say like a little bit more high risk so I 
opted to have the excisions done right after Jacksonville. So it's like, literally I came home from Jacksonville and three days later I was having the surgeries. Mm -hmm. I scheduled it that way on purpose. So I go in, I have my excisions done and um, they stitch it up. They took a decent chunk out of there, um, stitched it up. And, you know, I mean, they're telling me like, don't run for two weeks. I'm like, fuck that. Like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I don't think so. Like when I feel like I can run without like compromising the stitches, I'm going to run. So I did. And I felt great. I mean, I, you can ask my friends I trained with. I mean, we were training. I was like, fine, I'm fine. I don't feel anything. So, and this was like four days later after the stitches, I'm fine. We go two weeks and it was right before Los Olivos was supposed to happen. Or not, was it Los Olivos? I think so. Not yeah. Los Olivos. Los San Luis Obispo. Sorry, I, I confuse those. But yeah, yeah, San Luis Obispo, Barton was supposed to happen. And we weren't going to go, but I had um, my stitches. I think they should have been removed you know, like looking online and I, it says like no more than 14 days stitches should be in there. Well, right around 14 days, they scheduled me for removal 17 days later, right around 14, like days, 13, 13, 14 days. I told my, and these things were healing beautifully. Like the stitches were beautiful. The seal was beautiful. Everything looked great. I was like, Hey, this is going to be nice. I don't think the scar is going to be that bad. I was like, this is great. Like it's all healed up. It was healed after like a week. So I'm kind of like, all of a sudden I start to feel the stitches on both both ankles. I feel like it's like scratchy. Like I'm like, Mark, it's like scratchy. It feels funny when I move my ankle. It's like stiff now and it's all scratchy feeling. Well, that turned into irritation. A day later, these things look like softballs with like pus coming out. My freaking ankles were three times the size that they normally are. I was like, shit. So we go to urgent care, get the stitches taken out. They put me on antibiotics and I'm like, great. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, great, this is going to take me out for another few days. I already took four days off and I'm pissed about taking four days off. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I just came off a third place in Jacksonville, you know? Yeah. So I go get the stitches removed and I get, and it, and it was a lot of relief. And then the antibiotics, within like four days, the antibiotics like totally knocked it out. It seemed like my ankles were like fine. Swelling was probably down to almost nothing um so I start running again I'm like four or five days later I think I started running again I just jumped right back into my schedule kind of like eased back into it but I was like I'm just gonna go easy but I'm gonna I'm gonna start running felt fine um now here's where it gets tricky like four days after that or five days after that this tendon in my foot my posterior tibial tendon medial right on my medial malleolus I start to get it didn't just like ease in it's like I finished a tempo run knocked it out of the park I was great I was fine I, I finished my tempo run midday I like was working so I had my feet like down I get up to walk around and I'm like ah something is off my foot is like hurting my ankle so I'm doing a little bit of ankle mobility I'm like hmm, weird no no thought to it well the next day I go for my eight mile like easy run and I go four out and I start to feel it but I keep going because I don't think anything of it yeah. And I have to run four back to my house and in like limping, like totally limping, totally like unable to put pressure on it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I did. I don't know what's going on, but I, you know, this tendon's all screwed up. So then, so then I went through the whole, like, you know, let's take a few days off and then come back to it type thing. So I did that too, you know, really soon. I'm not really thinking anything of it. And, um, that's when the quarantine happened. So here we are now, there's the quarantine. There's the stresses of that. There's all this stuff going on. And um, I can't really get anybody to look at it because like, there's no doctor to go to. Like, don't go to a doctor. Everybody's closed. There's not, nowhere to go. So um, 
I mean, basically I had a couple friends, like PT friends and people that know a lot, just kind of look at it and everybody was like, oh, looks like posterior tibial tendinitis, looks like, you know, this, maybe work on these arch things or whatever. So I was doing all kinds of like, you know, arch strengthening, foot strengthening, foot mobility. Um, and here we are, and I could just like, you know, sum it up. Here we are three months later and I had an MRI. So I got my MRI results this week and they basically said that I have like, um, I have fluid in the, the um, in the joint, the ankle joint. I have um, fluid in the flexor tendons. I have tendinopathy in the flexor tendons and posterior tibial tendon. And I have tenosynovitis. All, all of that was like, like, was reported mild. So I don't think we're talking about like ma uh, my minor tears or anything. I actually think I'm like very much stage one with any tendon, like, um, I don't want to say dysfunction, but any tendon injury. Mm. Um, so it takes on the, it takes on like all the characteristics of like posterior tibial tendon dysfunction, which would be like flat foot syndrome and all this stuff. But my, my arch is strong and it's fine. And this arch strengthening and everything has been great. I mean, I have all, everything is there. It's functioning normally. Um, what it comes down to is like the, the scar tissue or the infection, however you want to look at it, had to have something to do with it. I had no pain. I had no issues. I had nothing going into this. I was running a hundred percent healthy. Mm -hmm. My training was like, honestly, it was like cakewalk at that time because I had just come off of these surgeries and I, Mark had me doing like a really low volume. And I'm like, dude, my, my volume was low. My energy levels were high. Everything was pointing to like, I was hundred percent healthy. Mm -hmm. I had built up to my mileage in like a clear, healthy way. Yeah. No signs that like anything was off. And so now everybody, now I've got the doctors here three months later, like everybody's just shrugging their shoulders. Like what? I don't know. What do you want us to do? You know? But, um, but I do have all the doctors like saying, oh, it's probably the scar. It's probably the scar tissue. It, it didn't heal right. The scar is hypertrophic. It's like a big bubbly, nasty scar. The scar tissue is all built up in there. If you pull on my right, because I had equal, I have matching scars, you know, matching problems. The, yeah. Both scars got infected or both, both wounds got infected. So if you grab my right ankle, which is my injured ankle, pinch and wiggle, get some of that tissue moving around. It freaking hurts. It, I'm at a 10. Like I'm screaming right. on my left ankle. I, it feels like somebody's pulling on my skin, like no big deal. I'm like, Nope, don't feel anything. So did that scar tissue, you know, it does it somehow, uh, is it somehow affecting the tendon? I do think so. Um, so here three months later, is this thing going to heal? I don't know. So I'm just off right now. I'm just not even running them. If I run on it, it just doesn't get better. Um, I mean, I can't, I haven't gotten, I have gone back and forth with, I mean, and, and other people that go through injuries probably know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was running in pain. Like I don't, like when we talk about the pain when I'm running, we're talking about like a two on the pain scale. We're not talking about like a six where I'm like an idiot and I'm limping like a yeah. moron. I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty good, but I can't get past the buildup. Like what week one. I get week one, which is like, you know, a little buildup of like two miles, three miles, mm -hmm. you know, three, four, and then, you know, four being my longest run and it's still like, nope, ain't gonna happen. So, you know, now, I mean, I think surgery's out of the question. I, I'm not even like entertaining that. Uh, yeah, it's like life of an injured athlete, right? <laughs> but I wish I could know what it is that caused it or what's causing it to get rid of it. 
um, I think that's my, that my biggest thing is like, if I had a protocol, if I had something to comply with, if I had a concrete, like, you know, this is your injury, this is what caused it, we know what it is, and here's what you need to do to get better, I feel like I'd, I'd be better off. But to just be like, oh, hopefully it gets better next week, or the week after, or a month later, or six months later, that sounds very frustrating to me. Yeah. So. I mean, the it's it's almost like the not knowing what it is, or like, you know, what's going to happen in the future, that, that's, especially as an athlete, as, as high level as you are, that's going to be something that is going to be like nerve wracking. And I, I could, I could sense the, um, not the despair, but like the way that you were feeling in your Instagram post where you kind of like touched on it, but you didn't actually delve into what was involved. I thought that just maybe like something had happened that like you'd like rolled your ankle or something like that. Something that like, mm -hmm. it's just, it just takes you out of it. But it sounds like you're facing something that's like entirely different. And unfortunately, I hate to use the word, it's novel because there are not very many high level athletes who have to have cancer removed from their ankles and then have it healed this way or not heal this way and like just have that happen. So I right. just, you know, I'm thoughts and prayers are for you. And like, thank you for like opening up and talking about it with me and like letting people like hear about it. And like, so as you're going through this, like you've, you've kind of switched the mentality and you, you kind of alluded this into like your Instagram posts, like you're, you're finding like not necessarily a silver lining, but you're kind of like trying to change your mentality as a result. Like, and that's, that's an important part because as we were talking about this before we uh, even started talk like recording, like athletes get injured. It happens. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sad that it happened the, like the way that it happened with you because you were doing something proactive and it just, it didn't go according to plan, but like talk about that mentality and like what you're doing to like, kind of keep yourself, I guess, engaged or, or, you know, keep that positive mindset because a negative mindset, it's not going to help the healing process at all. Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, I've, I've had my, my struggles this three months, um, with, I, I really, really think that I would have handled this better in another time. Um, I know so many people tell me, and I like, I know it's like positive talk. It's like people just trying to be in my corner. So I definitely have not taken it the wrong way at all. But I, cause I know where it's coming from always. And I go, yeah, cool. You know, but people will go, Oh, perfect time to be injured. Perfect time. And I'm like, you know, I, I, yeah, cause I didn't miss any races. Let's look back. I would have missed, I couldn't walk on Seattle day, the day of Seattle. I wasn't even walking on, um, the day of Montana. I was, I actually had just started to run again, which ended up being a week of jogging and quitting after that. But, um, yeah, basically I would have been completely out of shape for Montana and not even able to race. I probably would have ruptured my tendon had I tried to race. Let's look at it realistically. I probably would have ruptured the tendon if I tried to race and do an obstacle race, jumping off of walls and, you know, running on technical training. I mean, I think that, and I'm like, God was just protecting me from rupturing this thing. Um, the, so there's that, but the, 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 the anxiety of the time, it's funny because it's like, we haven't been too adversely affected. Mark and I coach and we have um, several clients who live internationally. Mm -hmm. Their situation is a lot different than here in the United States. To see their quarantine, um, we have athletes who started the quarantine two weeks before us and to this day are still locked in their apartments. They can't go out for, they get one day a week to go get groceries. And they're so like, you know, I mean, like 
they're just so restricted. It's crazy. So, you know, I mean, to compare my life and my adversity that I face to like what they're facing is totally different to compare, you know, to people who are, are losing their businesses or losing or who have no job right now or things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that like the, the that that it's come down that hard on our family thankfully we've been okay financially we've been mark's job is like really secure he works for the department of defense and his job is is probably like one of the top essential jobs in the united states right now so we're good there um so you know i mean things have been good to have my kids home from school i mean it's been a, like kind of really hard and kind of a blessing at the same time. So I, I can't complain about it, even though it's been really difficult, but then there's also really good things about it. But I think that we all tend, especially like in our community, we tend to take the burden of like those around us. So even though in my home, things are okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm every day. I'm like, thank you, God, you know, but I still can see the worry. I still can see the anxiety. I still can see the actual like detriment that this COVID has like paid just to our community, you know, to people that I know and people that I care about. Um, and I, I, it weighs on me too. So even though it's not like adversely affecting me as bad, I think that I carry that weight too, because it just like hurts me to see like other people suffering. Um, and I mean it, it every day, the first like what, four weeks, I think all of us went through that, like, scrolling through the news what's going on with these numbers where's the vaccine at this point where what's going on um it, it was just a really weird time so to be going through that and then the injury simultaneously i think was like anxiety was probably like peaking for me mm -hmm. um so recently where that's gone um with my mindset so you're absolutely right. The negative mindset wasn't doing anything for me. And it wasn't that I was negative. I think it's that I was like riding a roller coaster, which I'm probably still riding, but it's like three good days, one really bad day, three good days, one really bad day. But I think, um, a few things have helped me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm really fortunate too. I, you know, it, Mark is like beyond, you know, the, like with the, with his like mentality, he's just, he's beyond like the, the, um, mindset of most athletes or most coaches, I'd say even, um, he's, he's so, he's got so much experience and he's experienced so many things. He knows, he understands the emotion involved. He understands the, you know, the, he understands all of this. He's like the Dalai Lama of running. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I live with the Dalai Lama right here, which is like kind of cool. It's been helpful. Um, he always knows what to say. He's been kind of mentoring me through this and, you know, my neurotic behavior is me, not him reflecting on me or anything. If anything, thank God for him because I'm probably like a psychopath and, you know, I would not be handling this any, anywhere near as decent as I'm handling and I'm not even handling it good. And, um, but yeah, he's on another level when it comes to like his patience, his, you know, he's just, yeah another level but he's he's reminded me of some things throughout the process and one of those things is that like we do like when you're a professional athlete like you run the risk of getting injured when you train to that level to get that fast or you want to get better you want to get faster you, and you go to that level you take it to that level you your risk of injury is there like it to think that it's not there you're you're insane that that's not going to happen that's not 
um, a real life scenario. Um, just because there are like outliers, people who tend to not get injured, don't think Ryan Atkins doesn't get hurt. Sure, he gets hurt all, he gets hurt all the time, but you know, but he's probably one of those outliers that you look at where you're like, oh wow, like has he ever experienced um, a major injury? You know, I mean, the guy is solid. Like, and you know, you look at athletes like that and you think, oh, they train injury free, but it's really not true. They just they manage their injuries well and and mentally they handle them well. And you know, it's just it's another mentality. So like getting to that level with my mental was part of it. So here I brought my training up and I was consistent and I've I've gotten to that point with my training, but to get to that level with my mind, um, I mean, hey, I think it takes experience. I think it takes like it happening to you. So um yeah, that's been one thing. Another thing is you know, you're not like you need to understand that like, you know, I mean Mark and I are like we're, we're a spiritual family and like one of the things like I often or you know, I often like pray for patience. I ask God, like, you know, make me more patient. And I'm really like in my mind, I think I'm talking about like surface things, like make me more patient with my kids, make me more patient as an individual. I know I tend to get anxieties. Like maybe I just need to I I, I know that that's a good like thing for me to have patience. But he's like, Well, how did you think God was gonna like give you patience? You know? And it's like that's how God works. He he tries he he gives you the situation that's gonna make you more patient. Absolutely. So, you know, these are, these are things that I'm like learning that, um, you know, I need to like embrace this time. Um, it's funny because when you're injured, you kind of feel like everyone else is injured too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're training. How are you training? Aren't you hurt? <laughs> no, I'm hundred percent healthy. Oh, it's amazing. You know, it's like, you forget where you were, you know, I mean, I, I've trained, I trained injury free for two years. So like hard. So, um, you know, I forget that I was there, that there was a point where I was not hurt three months ago. I wasn't feeling any pains at all. I ran completely injury free, but now here I am. And it's just like, I almost can't visualize what life is like beyond an injury. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what yep. does it feel like to be healthy? I don't even know if I'll ever feel that again. What's it like to run? What's it like to use my legs? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, let's get to it too with OCR. Um, I think I think it's taken me um, too long. I, I wish I kind of like had this attitude earlier, but I started thinking about how I could get better as an obstacle course racer without, you know, compromising the tendon healing. So, and, and that's a tough situation too. Like, yes and no. If I get too crazy, I find that the tendon flares up again, like, or flares up bad. So let's say for instance, I like smash on the bike and then I like get off the bike and I do like a crazy weight workout, but I do all the movements that I say don't hurt my tendon. Um, and then like the next day it's all flared up. Well, it was, I went a little too hard, but you know, there is, this is obstacle course racing. There's so many things that you can work on. So, you know, there are things that I can do. Like right now I can do the assault bike pain-free. I can do anything upper body pain-free. Um, I can do stuff on two legs pain-free, but I, just, I, I need to be careful with the volume and weight bearing and things like that. Um, so here's the test. Um, like, you know, come West Virginia, if I'm able to race without pain, which I won't race if I'm barely getting back to running, I won't do it. I'm not going to put myself in that position. But um, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like I'm coming off a third place in Jacksonville. So dude, it hurts my heart to think that like, I have a chance to place high in the series and might not be able to race in West Virginia. I don't know. It, it, it's still, still something I'm like fighting with, but um, 
I'm West Virginia if I'm healthy and I'm able to like jump on my foot and not hurt it and you know all that and I race I definitely won't have my running build up there's no way we've looked at the weeks there's absolutely no way um that I would even be anywhere near the fitness that I was for say Jacksonville um and it's a beast so that's gonna suck but can I be completely obstacle proficient to the point where like I I it's impossible for me to fail in anything and that's where I'm at right now it's like let's do that let's let's be ready to not fail any obstacle in any condition and um and that's that's probably my best you know bet if I was just a runner I'd have nothing right now but I'd be on the bike you know getting some aerobic fitness maybe um but because I'm an obstacle course racer I can be a slow runner with badass grip right and I, mean, I, I did 75 pull-ups two days ago, so I think I got my upper body strength going again. So, your your you know. slow running is probably going to be faster than a lot of people in the field. So um, let's just say that. Uh, but Yo, same- dude, Bill, I am, I'm in bad shape. Like, you don't even know. I'm in bad shape. <laughs> well... I, I'm going to hold out hope. So I'm just going to like, things are going to be good, that you're going to be able to race West Virginia, that you can hit some good workouts on like the spin bike or on a different type of modality and like get your, like your aerobic fitness up. Cause that's, that's going to be the most important thing. And that's, I'm pulling for you. I, I always pull for you. Like you're, you're a good friend and I uh, love seeing you do well. And let's actually kind of talk in, like talk about your training. So you, you, you were injury free for like two years there and you like kind of, switch things up you've been racing for five years but you have like a long history of athletics you you ran in college and that's actually where you met your husband who also like became your coach and like I believe that there was something that you said like maybe earlier in a in in an Instagram post or something like that or maybe to me like you know we were chatting about something that at first you were like correct me if I'm wrong that you were like stubborn and you didn't want his help and then after a while you're like all right help me and he just like turned you around and like you were like winning races like left and right so like kind of talk about how that all went from like your college days to like transitioning back into OCR and then finally like you know what happened with like working with Mark so um yeah I mean you know if you're when you're married to someone it's kind of hard to like um to 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 even like couples that work together we actually work together and we do great together but um you know, couples that work together, couples who train together, that's, it's, it's actually kind of like a hard dynamic to nail, um, because the person who you want to, like, coddle you and kind of be, like, 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 sensitive to all your needs, almost, like, to fold with, because I'm, like, a really strong person, but Mark has been the only person in my life I've ever, like, folded to, where I just, like, eh, you know, take me, hold me, you know, coddle me, care for me, like, let me just, be without burden here that's that's my guy to like hold me you know um so it's hard to be strong in in that person's presence if that makes sense so like it's like oh you want me now all of a sudden the person that I want to like coddle me the person who I want to care for me and Mm -hmm. make life easier for me is trying to make life hard for me <laughs> so give me training it's like hard I don't like it so um there was that and I think that's like that that's like a you know a subconscious thing or something it's not something I was really conscious of but now I think well probably something that had to do with it because it was just hard to take training from him and then the other thing was 
I kept kind of telling him that like he didn't understand me and he didn't understand my body or my knee like my you know like energy levels or anything like that and I mean you know hey like I was prior to having kids I was probably anemic 50% of the time and I had you know I I had a busy job and you know a busy commute and then I had kids and still had those things but um it wasn't until like I was able to kind of step back from like my my kind of like my crazy career you know like uh job requirements I guess or whatever like my not requirements but like the commute and all the job and the kids and everything when I was finally able to step back from that then I had a little bit more time and energy to focus on and I think Mark's Mark preached to me for so long that I wouldn't ever, there was no like secret sauce to me getting better like in four days a week and then like, like, you know, blowing off workouts because I was too tired or too exhausted. But hey, life, there is a balance. I mean, there is, there is a way to do it. It's just going to be a lot slower, you know, than progressing faster. So like, if you're a person who's like, hey, I only have four days a week. It's like, it's possible for you to use that four days and actually get huge benefits from it, but it's going to take longer. So you're, you're right in it for the long haul. It's going to be a prolonged process. So I wasn't very consistent with my four or five days a week anyway. And then, you know, once I was able to like dedicate, you know, here, seven days a week, I'm going to train. I want to train like a professional athlete and I don't want to, like, I want to be the best I could possibly be. Then, um, you know, training with Mark was great because it was like, all those things that he preached to me for so long that I like rolled my eyes at. And it's not that I didn't think he knew what he was talking about. Not at all. I mean, I saw him coach our high school kids and I saw him coach adults. Like, dude, he had, oh my God, he's a hundred percent. First of all, he's a hundred percent getting people to the Boston marathon. Like he had taken over an adult team that had like oh, 20 or 30 people on it. Yeah. And he had people come in that were like, Four thirty marathoners, they're running three oh fives now. Three oh five. I'm like, that's insane. And they couldn't even break four thirty. And I'm like, and he had, you know, there's a few that stick out to me that like people that I guess like there was there was a few people that were. I mean, I guess like they're just middle aged or like fifties or you know, and they're just like they're all like like running hunched over and kind of have like you know like minimal mobility and you see they're running for me and you're like eh, you know they're just they just they never ran in their lives before they're just till they're till they're older you know so it's like what's the likelihood they're gonna you know run a 315 or a 330 to, to get qualified for Boston and then um he trained him to that and I'd be like holy shit plus then you know our high school kids like we didn't have a group of talented kids we had like hodgepodge you know we had five kids show up for uh tryouts because we just had like a low you know it's just the 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 community was a low interest in running you know parent low parental support like low school support like we just had like basically a garbage situation for like a coach but mark was you know it was my old high school and i was like oh hey this coaching job pops up and he coached these guys to league championship it's like how in a good league by the way yeah like really good schools you know so I'm like oh wow um you know I mean that that, that's I knew he had the ability to coach really well I just wasn't ready to have him tell me what to do is really what it was I just didn't want my husband to be the one to you know say sell it like it is 
You know what I mean? It's like there's a last person you, you want. Him to be right. You didn't want him to be right because the woman is always right in a relationship. And yeah, like, and oh, it's weird because right. I wasn't even like telling him he was wrong. I'd be like, you're totally right, but I don't want to do it. Like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want you to. You know. I guess I maybe I didn't want to disappoint him when I couldn't run. You know, yeah. I was tired. Like I, I hey, I'll defend myself on it. Like it. I was tired. I was stressed. I, I dealt with postpartum depression with my second kid. Like this, this, these are real like life issues. I was trying to uh, paint over, you know, I was trying to um, push aside and say, Oh no, 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 I'm not dealing with any of this stuff. You know? So I was, I was tired um, physically and mentally, emotionally. I was exhausted, like dealing with, uh, you know, really difficult second baby. Yeah. And um, so, you know, but I, I, I think me wanting to be good at obstacle racing was like a progressive thing. I didn't come into it five years ago and say, I want to be really good. Oh no. I just wanted to finish the race. Then after I finished, like, well, I could, I could do more of these. I'll still race elite, but I just want to get top 10. Okay. So then, and that was easier back then. I mean, you get top 10 just by not failing anything. And you know, you know, like it, it's all progressed. So it's not like five years ago, I was like, Hey, I want to be the best there, you know, best I can be. And then I don't want to train. It's just, it's just all progressed. And then each year you get a little bit more of a sense of what you could do. And I hope that other people experience this. I hope that people realize Mark is coaching a guy right now. I honestly hope he just like crushes because it's like such a cool story. I can't wait to tell it. He's coaching a guy that was like, I don't know, like, 350 pounds or something like four years ago or something dude this guy's crushing like five minute miles on his tempo runs like it's no joke like he's running like it, he's running so good and I'm like what a phenomenal story never ran in his life he was like a 300 pounder or whatever 280 pounders and I don't know I don't know the number exactly but it was uh, like yeah. dude dude was like another person like four or five years ago and now he's like a fast runner like he's super fast and I mean you know that's what people need to realize is that there's no like like don't hold yourself back just take understand there are steps to be taken don't say oh I want to qualify for the Olympic trials next year and you're just some Joe Blow that like barely started running well yeah you know you need to you need to make progression with your goals but at the the same time like don't hold yourself back like you could you know see where you can go and then take it to the next level and you it, know it's good that you have like that support like and you have such a knowledgeable husband and like you guys seriously like so many people like look up to you guys in terms of like your relationship and how you guys like race and take care like in like and have a family so like you know you you get like you don't get enough credit from like spartan race for like doing the things that you do like on the course and then behind the scenes, even though you've had third place at Jacksonville and uh, just to like see how much you've progressed in the sport. And like, you know, I'm sorry that you're injured, but like, I know that you've got a long, bright future ahead of you. We can just, if you can just get this thing taken care yeah. of. Um, but you, you obviously like, you can't talk with Natalie Miano without hearing about Mark Battress and you can't talk with uh, Mark Battress without hearing about Natalie Miano because you guys are like a, an amazing couple together and like, you just do life perfectly together. So like he's, he's been there and you've supported him in his racing and he's now supporting you in your racing. And like, that's a very interesting like dynamic and you've, you've touched on some of that. And, but like, go back to that first race and I assume it was 2015. 2014 winter if you're talking about my first ever race yeah 
Yeah, first ever race, 2014, December. I had Nico in September 22nd, 2014, and then I raced December, whatever that was, 12th or whatever, for the Malibu Sprint. Oh, the Malibu Sprint. Mm-hmm. The, Malibu Sprint. An infamous race. <laughs> I so like, big so memories you... of it, and I'm like, dang, I wish I, like, remembered more. I wish I... I wish I could do that again, but yeah. I mean, I would totally, like, right now, I would destroy that course. I would have won that race by so much. <laughs> oh, man. Well, like, so like, you that you were just going to, like, finish it, and, like, you just, like, you were, like, reintroducing yourself back to, like, competitive athletics. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think I didn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't ever feel that I was, like, slow enough to like go to another heat Mm -hmm. and in my head I'd be like well if I'm fast enough to race elite which I was you know I was fine I was still like you know still sitting in the top 10 for the first you know part of the race and even then then like maybe dropped after failing obstacles and maybe got like 20th or something so I was I had you know a good reason to be an elite but um but I wasn't really doing it to be competitive, but at the time, you know, this is normal, but I was like, well, if I'm fast enough to be up here with these girls, then I don't want to deal with like lines on obstacles and stuff like that. So I signed up for elite for my first one, just because, and I am kind of competitive. I think even then, I think yeah. I thought I'd like do better. <laughs> I did not do good, but it was fine. You know, I mean, my running was decent. Dude, I ran, this is funny about the injury. I'm in worse shape now than I was, you know, 10 months pregnant with little kids nine and a half months pregnant yeah I ran more and faster like stronger than I with both pregnancies but I'll get back I'll be back yeah, fine. It, it's just it I haven't ran very much in three months yeah um but yeah I raced that Malibu sprint dude it was uh, it was super low-key compared to what it is now and a hot mess like it's like the the courses back then were like you it was hard to follow like you would get lost really easy because the markings were like all just whack, right? Um, there were some different obstacles there. I remember there being like a sandbag clean and press maybe or something. Clean and overhead press. Like we had to clean the sandbags and press, I think overhead 15 or something like that. So I remember there being like some some workout with a sandbag. And then there was also like a dip bar you had to walk across. Oh, I remember that. That was the, um, yeah. I what they called it. I saw pictures of it. I was like, I don't I remember, remember what they like, called it. That was the only time I've ever done it. And I was like, well, that's a fun little addition. I don't know why they took it out. I guess maybe it was too easy. I don't know why they took it out. I failed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like noodle arms. I mean, I just had a baby. I hadn't done a workout in like so long. I failed the rope climb. Um... I don't remember what else there was. There was no rig in that one. There was no rigs. There was no. No, they like, didn't introduce rigs until like, I feel like the next 2015. year. Like, so they the had. Next like, year, 2015. Yes, because they yeah. had like rigs in like Vermont and it just destroyed people. They're like, well, let's just do this for real. And like, they, uh, mm-hmm. they were going to have platinum rigs do it, like, kind of like what they did in Spartan Race Canada at the time. But then, like, they wanted a lot of money from Spartan. Uh, to have the rigs be a part of Spartan Race. And Spartan being yeah. Spartan was like, nah, we'll just make our own rigs. So they did. Okay. <laughs> Fun fact. Too bad. Well, too bad. Good and bad, I guess. But those platinum rigs were cool. Those those all went to, like, was it Battlefrog? That they Battlefrog ended up, like, was the only, I believe, one of the only U.S. Uh, races that had that particular, like, apparatus. Yeah. And those things are great. I love platinum rigs. I, yeah. I wish I could play on them more. Well, outside of like OCRWC, because obviously they came down from 
Canada. Are you going? I mean, is OCRWC still on? Because to my knowledge, it was, but I don't, I don't know. Do you know anything about that? Don't you don't know. know. <laughs> Maybe. Like, everyone who's listening is like, yeah, Bill, do you know? Like, no, I, I know mainly Spartan stuff. Well, I mean, Spartans being a little bit more like, you know, like announcing more. So I don't know. They're announcing more, um, but also like the back channels that I was like getting information from, they cleaned all those up because they found out that I was getting information on oh, the really? back channels. Yeah. You know, every time on, every time the pro team gets an announcement, so like, let's say they say, okay, hey, to just a message to the, the 2020s pro team or whatever, it, it's like, um, not even like at the same time you can go on Instagram and see like it, it's all announced. So I guess we're all getting information at the same time. No, no like, I think what's generally happening happening is there are certain media outlets who are getting yeah. the screenshots from Spartan pro team members. Oh, good. Okay. Them. That's fine. Yeah. If they're telling the pro team, they're not trying to make a secret about no, it. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just divulging no. information just through different yeah. channels. They're just trying to be like, Oh, Hey, we're letting you know ahead of time, but it's like what one day ahead of time. If that, so. I mean, like the news gets broken like 12 hours before Spartan would have announced it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how confident are you that West Virginia is going to be a go? I, I mean, you, you're from that area. I mean, not, I shouldn't say you're from that area. I guess it's kind of far, but yeah. I know kind of closer <laughs> to me. No, I could drive there. So I, I get that. Um, but no, I feel pretty confident they're going to have it because uh, considering they keep like, changing what's going to happen and like oh well like the u.s national series like west virginia's on then it's like oh we're gonna have a u.s national series race there but it's gonna be a sprint like now it's the beast and we're gonna have the super and sprint the following day along with trail races and i'm like i feel like west virginia is probably the most realistic thing because west virginia they give no fucks first of all okay and that's what my question really was yeah so yeah. i think that everyone's gonna have to like fly into somewhere around i don't even know how that airport is gonna handle that amount of traffic from people who want to do a race. Like, it's gonna be unheard of. Like, I, I even forget- I booked like, my flight. I'm going. If it's on, I'm going, even if I'm not racing. Well, Mark has been injured too, since that 85 mile race that he did. Um, he is so cool. That was one of the things that like kept me going. Like, it was so fun to have, you know, his him have a race and have, something to 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 like make a goal and go and have an extraordinary day uh super fun so i had that then he goes and gets injured like 10 days later and i'm like what i told him in tears i'm screaming at him and i told him is this like sympathy injury i'm like and i'm 100 percent bill i'm like this is how much of a psychopath his wife is like oh god uh poor guy i literally like wrapped it around my head somehow in my workout that day and I was emotional already that he like a like a when a woman gets pregnant and the man gains weight mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. I weight. wrapped it around my head that he was injured because I was injured and that this shit needed to stop Sympathy and I'm a poor guy he looked at me like I was just like nuts like why would I do that why would I injure myself for you and then I'm like I'm I'm in tears. Tears are like rolling down my face. I'm like, please stop! Like, please just stop! Like, like I can't handle you being injured and me being injured. Oh my god, what a weirdo! <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's like, well, he's so cute. He's just like, I I I can tell you that's not what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> he's, really, he's really good at listening to his body. So it was really like the initial, you know. I mean, he really didn't get injured that bad. 
it's definitely pre-injury and he's definitely just eased it he took like four weeks of like nope i'm not going to push this injury i'm not going to end up injured so basically he has been injured but it's more been like the precautions you take and like the time you'd need to rest your body and heal. And he's just like, Hey, it's taking a little longer than I want it to, but I'm not running on an injury. And that's basically what he's been doing. So he's back to running now and he seems okay. Time wise, it puts him down. It puts him at a super compromise to be like fit, fit, fit for West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so is he going to have a great performance at West Virginia? I mean, to be honest, if we're being realistic, probably not. Um, but I want to be there to cheer for him. Why not? So if I can't race, I'm like, hell, I can watch my husband race. I can see, and I know it's not going to be like the same socializing that would normally take place at a spa race. I, I obviously know that. But at the same time, like I, I feel like just seeing my, my obstacle racing community is going to make me feel better. And I, I need that. I'm like, I need that. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, oh, you, you missed the series and good for you. It's been injury at the perfect time I'm like dude I need my people they're probably the people who would make me feel better and get through this easier than me just being at my house like locked away and (laughs) so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna propose it right here and so like let's just say you've already bought your flight you guys are coming out there let's just say West Virginia gets canceled for some unforeseen reason I think that we have OCR friends and family like camp out like vacation together in West Virginia, which they will love it there. Hopefully nothing is like shut down so we can still get like decent food and we'll go like whitewater rafting. We'll do all this stuff at the yeah. New York Gorge. And so it's happening. It's absolutely happening. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I need it too. Like I need to see my OCR fan. So yeah. Natalie, as we're wrapping up, one question that I ask everybody, what has been your favorite COVID-19 snack? Oh, uh, crap. Uh... <laughs> I hope you're not eating crap. Yeah, I've been eating really good lately. So then you ask me that right now, and I'm like, oh well, no, I'm eating so good because I'm taking good care of my body. Um, favorite COVID nineteen snack? Gosh, um, I don't know. I'm I'm lame, but probably like ice cream. Like if it's something like kind of like oh, screw this. I had the first okay, so the first like month, I think I had ice cream every single night, and I, I, everybody else did. So don't judge me. No, but yeah, whatever. I went, I I went above. Yeah, I was above in the it. mode of like f this. Oh, dude, the first night that like the kids got you know when okay, this is how it happened here in California. We're like in this little bubble over here where like nothing was happening. I saw New York was kind of going through some crazy stuff. It was keeping up with Italy. I was like, whoa, you yeah. know. But the day the kids. I get the message that school's out and I'm like, what? You know, for three weeks, they, they canceled school. So I get the message, pick up your kids today. And after that, they're not coming back for three weeks. And this by back then blew my mind. So think about now. <laughs> now I don't even know if they're going back this fall. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> uh, so that day we picked the kids up from school and decided to go grocery shopping. And this is still like a normal day for us. Oh, we had planned to go grocery shopping. We weren't like trying to hoard anything. We weren't worried about the pandemic. Yeah. I was just like, pandemic hasn't even hit here. My niece was on a flight home from New York City. They were picking her up from the airport that day because she couldn't get groceries in New York. And we're like, oh, don't even worry. Come back to California. Come live here for a few months. Oh yeah, toilet paper, groceries, we're good. I go to Trader Joe's and Sprouts and the shit is gone. I mean, the shelves are like raped. It's like nothing to be, there's nothing. And I mean, panic sets in. So I'm like, what the hell is happening? I mean, it just like hit me all in one day. I never, ever, ever do this. Never. But dude, I got so smashed that night that like I was texting Faye Morgan like dancing unicorns apparently. 
And I told her, no, that wasn't me. She, she laughed. I said, you know what? It must've been my son texting you because he has like my, his iPad is like connected to my phone. So he mm -hmm. can like text from it. You know, he doesn't ever do that. But on an accident, I could see him texting unicorns to somebody and I've never even used a unicorn emoji. I'm like, that can't be me. And I thought later that day, I like, I scroll through my text to Faye and it is some crazy stuff, dancing unicorns and then some j jibber jabber and me gibberish and me saying like, I think I'm way too drunk to be texting somebody right now. I'm like, oh my God. Smoking gun. So, yeah, I, it, it did, it, that was the last time that happened. But Mark had some really good beer. Um, some like Tank 7s. I think they're from Colorado or something. Sure. Super good brewery. And um, they're really high percentage. Like I want to say like 9.5% and maybe even like high, on the higher side of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They took me out. I think I had four of them in like a two hour period Whoa. and I was done. Yeah, it was done. Okay, it was so in West Virginia, we're going to bring you some really good alcohol. Some Tank 7s, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, I went gelato. I went full gelato. Like I went like super ice cream. Like, like, if I'm gonna yeah, do ice I was cream, like, ice cream is yeah. Ice cream made me feel better. In fact, I have pizza. Like whenever we're done, I'm like I still haven't ate after my long run. I had like a protein bar and that's it. I had a G to G bar because those things are amazing. Yeah. Um, but now it's gonna be pizza time. But <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and. Uh, I really do hope, uh, sincerely hope that uh, the injury heals like very fast and that you're going to be good to like compete, maybe not as fit as you uh, wish that you were yeah. for West Virginia, but at least like compete. And uh, as I know what it's like to be injured and it sucks. And um, I definitely appreciate you opening up. I don't know why something is stuck in my throat all of a sudden. It's like I'm so emotional. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you opening up and talking about it and uh, speedy recovery, of course. And like, if there's anything that like I could do for you, please let me know. Like that just, oh, I best. hate to see, like I, it sucks to so like so bad to be injured and not be able to do what like, you know, brings you passion or brings you joy. So um, anything that I can do to help, please let me know. Hey, you know, if there's any like listeners out there that know anything or have experienced like a similar injury where like a joint or something is affected by like scar tissue or a scar, and you know, a excision or whatever, hey, reach out because I'm a little lost in like what to do for this. And yeah, I mean, just hit me up on social media if you have any ideas. Um, I actually know someone on Instagram that might be able to help you. I'll see if I can connect you to. Um, oh, and Natalie, of course. Or even like someone that knows someone good in California for like PRP injections. That's been suggested to me. And I'm like, I don't even know where to go for that. So, you know, it's been hard to start looking in that direction. Um, before we go, is there anything that you'd like to like give a shout out to or plug like while as we're wrapping up? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we uh, are fortunate to have great sponsors behind us. Um, BJ Shoes is kind of like the, I'm, I just love working with them. Um, so definitely shout out to BJ Shoes. I'm really, I was like busted up about not being able to wear my BJs for three months. I haven't been able to wear them because basically I've had to wear like, if I wear shoes at all, I have to wear these like special inserts and this whole thing and I can't get them in that shoe. And I'm like, I'm, I'm dying without my BJs. Oh. Um, just because they're my racing shoes. They're my, they're the shoes that make me feel like, yeah, baby, this is, this is happening, you know, and it is just not happening right now. So it's just been depressing seeing them sit in the garage. Um, I uh, also want to shout out our coaching business, MGB Racing. Mm -hmm. um, and you can um, find out more information about our coaching business at mgb-racing.com. 
Um, and yeah, so we're, we're still taking clients and we are working with people. Surprisingly, we have, I love it. I love our people. Everybody is still motivated. Everybody is still strong-minded. What a group, Spartan race or obstacle racers. What a group of people. Yeah. Like hard to break, you know, hard to, to, to shut down. These people are the grittiest and the po most positive, and I'm just happy to be part of the community. So thanks to everyone for that. I will, uh, I'll be dropping that down in the show notes with links to go check out uh, Mark and Natalie's coaching business. And uh, I mean, help you guys out any way that I can. Well, you always do. I appreciate it, Bill. It's been nice talking to you. <laughs> it's been nice catching up with you too, lady. And I hope that if you like, I'll uh, send you an Instagram profile and you can like reach out to him or I'll like, I'll clear it with him, but he's like literally a, like a pain doctor. So maybe he might be able to help you. So um, Natalie, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. This will go out Monday or Tuesday. Sounds good. All right. Take Happy it easy, Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to Mark too. I'll tell him. <laughs> Great interview with Natalie, hearing about how she's been dealing with uh, her injury uh, since Jacksonville and just trying to like, you know, finding peace with it. And also like, you know, that she has such a great support system and Mark and her kids and her family and friends. And it just, it stinks to that she had such a great race in Jacksonville. And it, well, let's be honest, it stinks that the entire season's just been a shit show so it is what it is and at least she has like the right mentality as to like how she's going to approach West Virginia and uh, how she's not going to you know jeopardize her long-term career just to go race in a race and possibly collect a paycheck at the end of the day definitely want to wish her a speedy recovery and uh, keep her in your thoughts and prayers as she you know navigates this uh, difficult time and uh, for those of you that are going to be going to West Virginia, I will definitely be going whether or not that race happens or not. And I will definitely be partaking in a whole bunch of amazing West Virginia tourism activities if those tourist activities are open. So uh, if you are interested in attending <laughs> these festivities, the OCR Friends and Family uh, Gathering of 2020, quite possibly the only one, uh, send me an Instagram message or send me a Facebook message or just reach out and say that you're interested and I'll keep you in the loop on what we're going to do and you can come and just hang out and if there's no race then we'll do that but if there is a race then racing takes priority and we'll do fun things afterwards and I'll keep you in the loop on that as well so to everyone tuning in thank you for tuning in uh, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes you can if not once again no big deal and uh, continue to get a, keep making this podcast and highlighting the amazing athletes that don't get love from Spartan Race <laughs> at all and who are just great, amazing people. Uh, Going to continue making it for you guys and hope that you enjoy it. So till the next episode, I still don't know who it is. I need to contact them and get that set up. But it will be someone super cool. See you guys in a little bit. OC Are You Serious is brought to you by Nobody no one because we're not going to be a corporate sellout this is an unsponsored podcast for you guys the true fans of ocr